Welcome everybody to Generational Roundtable. My name is Jan and I am a Xennial. I was born in 1980, right in between Generation X and the Millennials. And with me, I have my friend Sam. My name is Sam. Some people call me Samuel, but uh, you can call me Sam. I uh, was born in 1962, which makes me a a late, <laughs> I guess you could say, <laughs> a late boomer. I am still a boomer, though. And in this podcast, Sam and I will be discussing a wide range of topics from philosophy, spirituality, religion, politics, sociology, and also psychology. So all these topics that you don't want to discuss at the dinner table, we'll be discussing them for you. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, Sam. Hey, how are you, Jan? I am well. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. That's, uh, that's good to hear. Welcome, everybody, to episode two of Generational Roundtable. Wow, Sam, we made it to episode two. We yeah. haven't given up. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody who's sticking with us, thank you for doing so. Uh, we hope there are many more to come. Sam, last time we left off, just to recap, we were asking the question, what do we want? In lieu of all the protests going on, there are people asking for change, and we tried to get an angle on it. What kind of change do we want? And is there something that we want as a group, mankind, certain groups? And I think we kind of boiled it down to the point that whatever change we are hoping for and what we want as a society, it has to start with us. Right. And it has to start, come from within us. And we boiled it down to, we've tried everything. So we shared this quite a few times and we spoke about this where the true change and when things, are most likely or have to be of spiritual nature, right? And for this episode, we were trying to focus on spiritual growth because ever, since everything has to start with us, right? how about we share a little bit with the listeners our experiences with spiritual growth and uh, maybe there's some inspiration there. Sam, how about... You start. <laughs> the first thing I, I, I wanted to say was that when it comes to spirituality, I consider myself to be a baby spiritually. Um, I find that I'm learning much and growing so much. Um, and that gives me just enough knowledge to know that I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is great. It's interesting to me because... I come from a, a tradition where it feels like the stance is that we know everything. And I just found that to be a bit smothering. I found that to be a bit um, uh, just limiting, you know? Um, because if we ever take the stance that we know everything, there, there's, no, there's, no, there's no incentive to grow and there's right. no to grow. So that was just that was just a, a little bit of 
of the impetus that went into me sort of searching. Um, mm. I a lot while I was still within the, the traditions that I grew up in. I grew up in a, a, a Christian home um, in a very fundamentalist um, um, religious group. And uh, I enjoyed it. It was, there were parts of it that were very enjoyable for me. Um, I thought it brought a lot of stability to my life. And I think that it gave me a good framework to, to view the world. But I, but I still felt that there was more out there. Um, one thing that is interesting is within my, um, my spiritual tradition that I grew up um, in, we were sort of discouraged from seeking <laughs> things outside of, of the, the religious group. Um, it was almost frowned upon because it was felt that, you know, you can find answers within the traditions in the ways of, of seeing things that, that, that were kind of given to us. Mm -hmm. That didn't really sit right with me. <laughs> it, it, it never did. However, I was acquiescent because what I was taught to be, you know? Um, then there came a point where I wanted to explore more and just try to find out what might be uh, a better understanding for me. And I can give you sort of the impetus for it. It's not the only impetus, but it's something that I considered. Um, there was a notion that it, um, and if Christ is within us, we can do what he says we can do. He said that the things that I have done, you can do even better. You can do even more. But I, I found that I did not see that as being a reality, you know? I saw, I saw the status quo being the reality. And I always wondered, why aren't we, why aren't we learning to grow? Why aren't we learning to do things on a level that a scripture says that we will be able to do it? So that's kind of impetus of what, what led me into um, trying to find more answers. And so I began by realizing that there was a big separation between religion and spirituality. For, mm -hmm. um, religion is, is for, for lack of a better way to phrase it, um, sort of ritualistic behaviors that we use that we believe will draw us closer to a higher power. Um, I believe spirituality focuses more on what what I what I said is my feeling about the spirit of Christ or the spirit, however you want to phrase it, because it depends on on an individual's traditions or an individual's way of seeing things, how they define that. But the notion that it exists within, as opposed to without. So most of my um, religious experience was, was um, 
centered around um, trying to please an external God. Whereas now I think it is, I, I've been able to turn it more inside. So I'm able mm -hmm. to look inside to see how the spirit manifests itself within myself, you know? Um, and it, in doing so, I was then able to realize that So to speak, the buck stops here, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I'm responsible for myself. I don't need to be necessarily pastored. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a sovereign human being, as we all are. And, um, and, and I have the ability to, to connect with a higher power independent of of doing so within like dogmatic perspective, um, and so it was a it was a it was a time of struggle, for mm -hmm. me because it's not at all easy to to consider things from a different perspective. It's 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 often very uncomfortable, um. And I'm not the youngest person out there <laughs> doing that. Um, it's, it's much easier for a younger person, but for someone who is um, in their late fifties, um, it's a it's a harder it's a harder road to take. <laughs> you know, it's it's just so much easier to just say, "Well, whatever I've learned, I've I accept that, and that's it." But that what just didn't work for me. Um, now. The way I, I approached it was basically through spiritual connection, through meditation, through prayer, through sort of surrender to the fact that um, that I don't know everything, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that and that opened up an arena for me to just. But see things from a different perspective. I, I, I know that from my perspective, the Judeo-Christian faiths are are very patriarchal. Mm -hmm. They're very um, dogmatic, for lack of a better term. Yeah, and. Um, I just think that, that 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 we're not seeing the full picture. There's something missing in that for me, you know. Would you? I I took some notes. <laughs> um, I I love your story. I love how because today's topic is 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 the spiritual growth. And right. one key factor where you appear to have focused on is on the divine in you, which right. it's it's funny that I uh, I agree with with your observations 
so I'll share my story in a bit, which is it's it's different, but not not but but very similar in character. It it sounds to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, that your your path lately was to separate what was man made from the divine, and what you've been so at one point the f- framework, the stability that it came with started to feel more like a corset <laughs> right and so what was giving you so sort of foundation it feels that you saw the flaws within it and it seems to me that a lot of these these things that you disagreed with or where you saw the limitations weren't really divine they were they were man-made uh man-made structures um, well, one one thing that I I want to say is I, I I don't necessarily think that I saw the flaws within it. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if I was to say that, I would be judging that path, and I don't want to do that. I don't want to say that it's flawed. It's 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 not a flawed system. It's just some. It's it's a system that that didn't necessarily work for me. Whereas okay. it now, yeah. H- have you seen it work for others and and well? I've seen it work for others well within the framework of the times that we were living in. However, mm-hmm. I feel that we are on the precipice of new, new spiritual times. Sometimes you have to grow and evolve that that process is taking place now. I think I see a lot of people coming to similar conclusions and looking for a different way to see things. So when you ask, did I see it work for others? Yes, I did, definitely, um, within the the times that we were living in. Okay, would you say that this will work for the same people in the future as well since it, you know you're referring to the times changing um or do you see it in a way where there are people off certain times and they belong in that time and they will not move on or is that too much no so so when we talk about times and ages and and things like that we're talking about you know, an age being 2,000 years or so. Mm. <laughs> so anything that we say is from an extremely limited perspective. I, oh, I understand. It's more, you know, so right. I'm, I'm just putting on a, a sociology hat here. Yeah. Uh, right. All of us, we have, and it's, I think this time right now is extremely interesting because we have people sharing this earth at, at the same time but they are of different ages, not just in different generations, but we had the shift from the analog to the digital age. Right. And you cannot unknow or, or shed all your, your socialization, your habitus, the way you were formed, the things that make sense to you, the construct by which you measure the world. And we have people in their 70s and 80s who belong to a time that has long gone and 
that we have people like us, we're in between. We saw we either promoted this change or we, we, we grew up into it. We remember a time when everything was analog, where we had to adapt to the digital age and, uh, and became part of it because they, we've been there from the get-go. Uh, and then you have digital natives, like mm-hmm. the children that grew up way, there was a time before internet. What is what is that weird symbol on your screen that with the, that looks like? What does it save? We know we know that's a disc. They've never seen a disc in their life. Um, right. New cars don't even have a, a CD player anymore. Right. So I haven't used one in ages. But <laughs> uh, there's older generations for them that was the step from the the record to the CD was a big one. Um, so, and I feel a little bit that the people where these strict structures made sense and worked for them, gave them a stability and somewhat a connection to the spiritual realm um, and to God. It worked for them at the time, but these times are changing and they will be, I don't want to call them like a relic, but it is always a a reminder of how it's been. No, I I think we can easily become relics ourselves. We're, we're, we're okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Not young, and when when, when I say I'm, I'm talking about everyone alive now, right? Um, fifty years from now, or and, you know, and fifty years is very is a very brief period of time. Yes. So look back and say that everyone that was born fifty years or more is a relic. Relic. Then I think that we're shortchanging ourselves. So <laughs> I, I I don't I don't think about it that way. I think of it more in terms of of a, a larger picture of ages, right? So you yeah. about movement in from uh, an analog age into a digital age, and you can also look at this from the perspective of moving into a different astrological age, from the age of Pisces to the age of Aquarius. And that's, that's a way that, bigger that's right. way bigger time span. Like I understand, like my perspective is very from a limited lifespan of a human. Right. Um, the last thirty years in in a in a like astrological age, was, it, it, we're talking that covers thousands of years. Right. So the, those fifty years are nothing. I I get that. Right. Right. So there are people who are in their eighties who are able to understand and see shifts that people in their twenties might not be able to see, and there are people who, that are in their twenties that might be able to see something that someone older cannot see so it's an individual thing but i think actively we're moving towards a different parity that's that's how i see it well sorry one thing you mentioned and it made me smile you talked about the limitations that came with the um so the security of a very set dogmatic structure uh, in terms of of religion uh, came with security and limitations but so True creativity pops out or gets really fueled by limitations. Would you see that your aim for more and the curiosity to question things and to to learn and to break that mold of uh, all the answers are there, uh, would you say that the strict structure you grew up in fuel that creativity or that that longing for more well i i don't think that it was the case for most of the people that i saw around me 
Um, so I don't necessarily think that that's the case. I think that we each have individual temperaments and that my temperament is the type that is, is prone to explore, prone to look for answers to philosophical, religious, um, social questions. I, I think that it's, it's more, for me, a personal quest. Um, now, because it can go either way, you can become sort of buried by traditions that keep you locked in mm. and never grow out of them, never, never venture beyond out of fear, maybe, or just out of complacency, or out of the fact that you enjoy it, enjoy being in that type of situation. It's just that 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 wasn't the case for me. Um, I, I had I had a an an, an innate desire to to explore, um, and I think that's more a personal thing. Oh, um, great. But I do feel on a, a on a larger scale that we're collectively developing more of a desire to explore different ways to create different paradigms, and that includes spiritual paradigms. So and I, I, I agree. It, I agree. Yeah, it could be just that we're moving into a different time frame, a, a different you know, a different, a different world, so to speak, you know, and, and, and this could go either way. We could either become very religiously dogmatic or we can, um, you know, or we can, we can foster, it can, it can go either way. And we have to be careful about it. Just, just because change for change sake is not necessarily, yeah, is necessarily good. You know, um, some, some, I, I, I have very, I question a lot of New Age spirituality. I think it's just as confining, just as confusing, just as... Oh, I, I absolutely agree. We, we've been joking. I, I grew up in a very left-wing liberal city, traditionally, and we were all joking how conservative all these liberals are in their liberal ways. <laughs> right. <laughs> so... <laughs> You couldn't be anything different. Like the moment you were, you weird off of that. It's it's funny. So um, uh, all uh, alternative paths can be just a carbon copy of right. the ones that they're trying to break. Exactly. Exactly. And but it's and one thing that you mentioned is the the external versus the internal, and I think. As it doesn't matter what the uh, how you paint it, how you label it, if it's an external structure, and I think that ties in with our conversation last week, revolution or anything, mass changes are external, and the people will only listen or stay in line if being forced true change has to come from within. And if any new path or any, any, anybody claims they have the answer to everything and offer a pre-set path, it's, yeah, it, it really cannot replace that internal process of which you described you're in your infancy stage. Right. I, I would describe it as the difference between belief and and experience 
So what, mm. what we ought to do is believe. But there is a larger picture where we can actually experience and know as opposed to just believe. That's a great point because anytime you address religion or spirituality, people are very, very quick to put that in the, oh, that's what you believe. It's simply a belief system. Um, I'm surprised, and I, but I agree. And I, 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 it's, it's important that you're bringing up experience in this factor. So would you say that you're, you're, you don't have to go into detail if you don't want to, but would you say that you had experiences in this spirit or on the spiritual path since you broke out of that, that structure that made you continue or to kind of at least verify that you, that there is growth? Uh, without going into detail, yes, there were experiences that I had um, that made me, first of all, question the old paradigms. What mm-hmm. um, my I don't the, the old the traditional way that I would have approached them, um, and and in doing so, I did I did have an opportunity to experience what it's like to see things from a different way. Mm. And that it was experiential as opposed to theoretical. It was the, the things that actually happened as I started to, to, to begin to explore different ways to see. And again, I, I still consider myself to be a spiritual baby. I, um, I, I have a lot to to learn. I have a lot to, <laughs> a lot to grow, but but I think that the difference is to actively experience so that it becomes experiential as opposed to medical or to secondhand, right? Li- yeah. Living through some somebody else's account right. or right. something versus your own tangible experiences throughout your life you're on that path right i it's, so how about, how, I, I was i was just curious to see oh yeah oh it's thank you thank you for asking that it's it's very it's it's funny so i grew up in northern germany which is uh, also judeo-christian tradition uh mind you germany is the the whole birthplace of uh <laughs> protestant the Protestant church through, through Martin Luther. Um, the North is very Lutheran, very bare bone, um, less spiritual in, in church. It's, it's, it's funny how the very, think of it like Germans are very, uh, we're very different in in culture, especially in the north, everything is very fact driven. Germany is also the country of of the. We gave birth of to most of the social sciences out there. So, um, if you are looking for any growth in a in a spiritual or intellectual way, there's a lot of tradition in my country it's i'm not saying that the average german is more more philosophically aware than the average american um it's just that the traditions and these 
that pattern of thinking is there you you it's the moment you are seeking it or you are you are showing interest you are studying the heavy hitters you really so um when you're German and you speak the language, you can read the original translated Bible from Martin Luther. It's hard to read. It's like an old German, but it's there. When you have your first philosophical questions, you go into the modern uh, uh, philosophy of, 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 uh, uh, from Hegel, Kant. Uh, so you're starting with, with everything that is the foundation of our new society. When you study economics, you, you, start, you should start with Karl Marx, who, uh, yes, people, he wasn't a communist. He was an econ- uh, economist, first and foremost, <laughs> what most people don't understand. So I grew up in a very, so from the, the opposite from what you described, there was no strict religious structure i grew up in i grew up in church but it was a thing that we did on sundays and everything was very theoretical but not in terms of oh that's the theory and this is the law and you you can't break out of it everything was up for debate so i was i was maybe even so encouraged to question and it was it, it was okay like religion was there it was really powerful um, my love for for God and everything spiritual was there. That was something I was allowed to have, and this was something I had long conversations with my mom about too. Not so much my father, but mainly my mom, and she had a very um, very big impact on that spiritual development in the beginning. She she I don't know if she did it consciously. But she also uh, weird away from these very strict structures. She she's she kind of described a lot of the things where when you read the Bible, especially with the Old Testament, where you read these passages and you're like, how like this makes no sense and why is why why is God like this? I thought he was loving and caring. Why is why is he wiping out whole nations and children um one sacrifice and all these things her take was mainly well this is what man thought he was this is what we wrote down and it lasted with me in a way where i had in the back of my head i'm allowed to question the way we even the text the foundation they're not unfailable because they were written by man and I shared the same realization in a lot of ways where I looked at religion, organized religion and structures, and I saw the, the, human, the human flaw in it or like the human um, element to a point where it was almost drowning out the divine or the spirituality it should have had as a foundation so strict rules and everything just for the sake of having strict rules. The same way we were talking about changed for the sake of change. I feel in a lot of ways, no, it's a foundation and strict rules for the, because I said so basically. And something struck me that when I understood it more and more, and especially it started all making sense more when I started studying philosophy. Um, 
I don't hold a degree in philosophy, but I've I've taken multiple classes. I've ha- always had it for years. Um, my degree is in sociology, but um, philosophy helped me structure my own thinking and understanding that you not every thought that you have and emotion is happening on this same level. There are levels and meta levels of thoughts and ideas and structures, and it helped me structure it to the, and I came to the point where in philosophy, you inevitably come to the point where you have to make a decision about your own faith. Do you, continue to believe in god or do you become agnostic and an atheist and say you know what it's we made that up the beautiful thing about this is that there is so in philosophy most things can be proven or disproven you can verify or falsify pretty much every thought what you cannot do is verify nor falsify god there is it's impossible to do so And at that point, it was almost like a crossroad. So I went with, call it a gut feeling or something spiritual. And I was like, you know what? All of this, to me, only makes sense knowing that there is a God. But I couldn't unknow everything that I had learned to that point in terms of all the attributes that the divine or what divine means, eternal, almighty, Mm -hmm. outside of time. My brain, our brains as humans, is not capable of thinking these terms because we are physically limited. But I started understanding the level these terms operate in. And then I looked at human religious structures and how much we try to force these for humans unthinkable terms physically unthinkable terms into metaphors stories structures corsets whatever you may want to call it that are tangible for human beings Yes, it helped us to a certain degree to access it. But also one thing a very wise sociology professor shared with me at one point, he was like, he addressed the whole class. He was like, class, please, when we are discussing these things, I am using model structures to simplify very, very complex human interactions with millions and millions of choices every second. The, the, it's, it's impossible to calculate, even with modern technology. But please, at no point ever mistake these model structures that are supposed to help you navigate roughly for reality. They are not. But humans are so good with or, uh, widening out these structures making them so complex themselves that we start mistaking them for reality. And every time I try to access faith again through that bottleneck and simplification of religion, organized religion, 
I struggle so much because, and I think this is where we, 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 we are very much alike. It did not make sense to me. I looked at it and I'm like, no, like what I understood the complexity of everything godlike, divine, spirituality, whatever you may call it, is, does not fit in this narrow-mindedness, this literal, literal corset of the written word, which was written by humans and translated and so on. I don't doubt that it shines through. It's there. But I think in order to access it and to grow we have to at one point liberate ourselves from these structures and i agree for some people especially in the beginning if you don't have a foundation these structures give you a certain security the same way how you raise children you set you have very strict rules you you have a pattern you always go to sleep at the same time. You, there's always breakfast there at the same time. You, you have a rhythm, a pattern, which gives you that stability in order from which you can grow on. But at one point, my children are still young. Sam, your daughter is, 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 is in college now. <laughs> um, we have to let them go. These structures, mm-hmm. like try to tell your daughter now that when she has to go and have dinner, not going to work. <laughs> um, so what helped me, and I struggled, I struggled so much with, because I always thought that religion and spirituality comes with that limitation. And I, de- I deliberately chose faith in my life. Right. And I felt at times almost punished because so I, I chose it. I did not kill God for the sake of, you know, putting my mind over everything. So I'm free. I'm, I think that human thinking is the, the biggest achievement on earth. I can't do that because I, I, in my heart, I know it's not true. As you said, we don't know anything. Right. The human mind is not enough. It's so limited. Right. So, and then... Every time I looked at a spiritual path again, it was either esoteric. And I looked at it and I'm like, yeah, no, thank you. This is, I don't need a 2.0 update of old structures that are just as conservative and narrow-minded as the ones that I tried to escape from. Right. Or I looked at organized religion in a lot of ways where I'm, I also can't unknow the damage that has been done under the cross historically. Mm-hmm. I can't look at the text of the Bible and say, this is God's word, word for word. This has been translated so many times. I translated books myself and articles. So I know how much I changed of the original text just because of my own limitations or the way I interpreted it. It's also a text that was altered, edited, combined, rewritten, parts were lost, lost in translation, lost in the, we, we just spoke about this where it's hard to understand our grandparents' generation and their language and their sayings and what they refer to. How, how can we claim that we can understand something that was written four or 5,000 years ago? 
in these words. So I take it with a grain of salt. But for me, spiritual growth also started when I stopped looking down on these structures because I know that if it hadn't been for these structures, I didn't have the foundation. And I was blessed so much in my life that I was able to learn, grow, still remain in faith. And now I'm at a point where my understanding of the divine and everything, there's, it's so solid that I don't see it in, a, in opposition to anything, not to history, what we find out, not to science. There's no, I'm, I'm, it's almost, I'm in between smiling and, and crying and not, not crying because of laughing, but, but, but out of, out of sadness and pain. When I see scientists and people of faith bashing in their heads over details that are merely human. The earth is 6 billion years old. No, it's, it's 2,000 because it says so right here. No, I found out all these facts or whatever they, they refer to, all that is human. And as we both know, humans are wrong a lot. <laughs> and we really don't know that much. Right. And... It's really, so my spiritual growth is, as you said, I I would 100% sign that it's in baby steps. Mm -hmm. I don't know anything, but what I understood are certain principles, higher principles of what what God is, what the divine is. And I have at least a, a vague understanding of the sheer dimension, and I'm so much in awe. And see my see how how small I am in comparison. That I trust, and it's it's a it's a daily, it's a daily challenge, mm-hmm. not to be destructive, but to be good, to be constructive, to be loving, to be kind, to be merciful. And in that sense, I like it's it. I still act and live very much in that Judeo-Christian tradition in in terms of i'm trying to love my neighbor and my neighbors are annoying (laughs) i i love them there's certain neighbors i don't like but it says you have to love your neighbor you don't have to like your neighbor so (laughs) and in other words um so being loving kind and merciful is that something that is intrinsic or is that something that we still try to force upon ourselves? And, I, and, I, and that's something mm-hmm. that I, I always considered from a religious perspective. Um, um, anything that has to do with, with love, anything that has to do with kindness or mercy needs to be organic. It can't yes. That, yes. that is, is, is forced. We can't force ourselves to love our neighbor, but we have to, from the inside, truly love. And once we truly love, then we will love our neighbor. And I think that that's a, that's something that 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 we have to start to when, when we move from the realm of believing to the realm of experience. I'm think I, I'm thinking that's an example of 
of what would happen, we, we start to do things from an organic perspective. And I think that that's, that's a, a big. Have, have you experienced that? Because I can, I can testify to that. So I have, I, I consciously try to act in this way, not because I fear hell or any way. It's because I understand truly that any other way makes no sense. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's really from a deep conviction that I am, you know what? I could act all these other ways. I have the liberty to do so. I'm, mm-hmm. it's, I can choose any which way, but I limit myself mm-hmm. because I know every other action would keep me down. Mm-hmm. would clip me it's i i spoke to so many people lately about this if you limit yourself to in certain actions not to be an, an a-hole not to act out of anger and destructive and you, you, uh, i don't fear anything in terms of there could be repercussions but i understand that nothing good comes out of this and that's from experience i've seen me losing my my temper i've seen the destruction i've caused with being the opposite of what i'm trying to be i've seen i was quick tempered i was aggressive i was destructive i had arguments all these things mm-hmm. and i now in retrospect i saw how much damage that has caused and i'm really testing myself so it has that done anything good mm. no I, I, for, for myself uh, what I've learned to do is allow myself to just be where I am um, mm-hmm. um, if I if I'm argumentative if I'm mean spirited if I'm whatever I am I am um, and that freedom that is, is what I found makes, makes the difference for me mm-hmm. I allow myself to just be what I am then that, that, that opens up an arena of choice for me. If someone dictates what, what I'm to be, then that's right. my choice. So I don't even, I've come to a point where I'm not, I, I'm, I tend not to judge myself. I made, I've made many mistakes in life. I can be a SOB if, 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 I, if, I, if, I, if I choose to be. Um, but the thing about it is that I, 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 I'm aware of that now. Um, mm. Before... I tried to be good for good's sake. I tried to be what other people wanted me to be because that's what I felt I needed to do to gain salvation over and that and and freeing myself from that has given that has been what I have experienced as what gives me the true choice to be um, some of those things that we discussed to be loving, merciful. Um, and, and, and that's my experience of it, you know, they're, that's they're... a good, it, 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 it underlines what you said with the, it, it has to come from experience. Right. 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 And I, I absolutely, so I am in my twenties, I weird off the path a little bit and like, there's a whole, I don't know, it caused a whole lot of damage. And I, I gave myself that liberty mm-hmm. to be, to live out more of my destructive side. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've I had that liberty to cause pain and destruction, mm-hmm. and I've seen I've, from experience what it causes. And my choice, and and I I I 
would like to emphasize that, that it, it, ha- it was my choice not to continue in this. That I, that I always try to seek if there's a better, a better path, a better option. Mm-hmm. Not because I fear anything or it's dictated, because I understood I, I had all the liberties to live out the opposite. Right. And I did not like the results. Not because, oh, I fear anything. It was like, I saw from experience, yeah, that, <laughs> that backfired badly. <laughs> and, and everything that I wanted to, to achieve turned on me, basically, in this situation. And now it's to the point where I even exclude that completely from my thinking. Now it's like I've seen, let me see how I can turn something into something constructive. And I see that like that building and I, just uplifting people, building things, seeing how you can, a difficult situation, how you can change your behavior in a way, actively, you, not anybody else. Mm-hmm. And then you're steering mm-hmm. and having an impact on your environment in a way, which is basically ties into what we spoke about last week. I can't change the entire society. But right. I am way more conscious of the role that I'm playing in my environment, how my choice of words, my actions can model and change it. Mm-hmm. And now it's the challenge. I'm not trying to build a society according to my vision. Mm-hmm. I have no authority to do so. Who am I? You know? Right. But I understand that just by, I have no goal, I have no vision, but I put, try to put as much constructiveness out there, as much kindness and love and little actions and all of this. And I see, you know what, here's something constructive, here's some power, here's some energy, here's some love. Mm-hmm. See where that goes. Use it. It's yours now. Yeah. It's, it's a gift. If you give something, it's, 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 it's when you give something, whatever it is, you lose all rights to it. There shouldn't be any expectations. Oh, I gave you all this. Now you have to do this for me. I raised my children with so much love. Now they have to. No, it's not. No, you give. Mm-hmm. And what is being done with it, it's no longer your business, basically. Mm-hmm. So I trust that I and I'm trying to change my actions in a way where I try to channel more energy in my surroundings. Right. Constructive. And whatever happens with it, it's like watering plants. I'm not clipping them. I'm watering. So, so, um, mm-hmm. so you know, for, for me, right, what, I, what I've learned for me is that I don't need to change anything. <laughs> <laughs> change myself i don't need to change the world i need to just allow and in the in the freedom that comes with allowing change happens but if i try to direct including myself if i try to make myself change then that's when i start to get in my own way so it's just a subtle difference i see in, in between between the two but i'm just sharing what what works for me you know in 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 a notion that there needs to be change 
there is an inherent belief that there's something wrong, something flawed, something wrong. Mm-hmm. With, and I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's not the case. Maybe the world is is what it is, and it's growing, and it's it's growing. It's 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 in a process of doing what it needs to be done. And I don't know. It's just that's just a difference for me. It's just, that's so we speak about experience again. My experience was that when I let go of the need to change, or let go of the need to say I'm going to do something, good, <laughs> or or do something bad or whatever, it just it, it it's been freeing for me to let go of that notion. You know, I I absolutely understand what you're talking about, and I it's. It is true for me as well. Like I've caused so much, I don't want to say damage, but unfitting situations every time I try to change something according mm-hmm. to an, an, an idea or an image. Right. I'm not talking about renovations in the house. Like I'm good with that. But when I try to be a certain way in a relationship right. or in a job, try to fit a role to steer it in a way oh my god that backfired so badly um and and i i get so it's in a uh, i'm i'm still like i still exercise some for some uh, form of self-control in situations where i know i've i'm mad right i'm I'm, i still get mad oh god i get upset all the time and i'm not not saying that we we don't need to have self-control or be disciplined that's that's what i'm saying at all you know but but what but i'm trying to at least limit the damage that i'm causing in that situation right and i'm not gonna like at least in these situations where i'm upset where i'm where i could act destructive right i rather don't act at all right not out of anger i'm pausing I don't try to be no 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 I have to be good now I have to do something good because that's forced I'm right. I'm mad I'm upset right. I want to I want to cause harm I want to cause other people pain because I'm feeling pain I'm human it's normal right. I'm stopping myself from causing that at least that damage to pause right. to calm down right. to rethink to and I think Sam that's another thing we should talk about again I think that's maybe a good topic for next week Right. Uh, we were when we had a little conversation before this recording. We talked about the pace, time, uh, taking the luxury to pause and reflect, even before you answer. Right. How many times have you talked to a person? You asked the question, and they were just silent for a long time. <laughs> right, right. I had a couple of teachers in my life who, one, oh my God, I, he was such a big influence on, on my life and the way of thinking. He, he would ask him, he would take a deep breath, he would look down, he would put his whole forehead in wrinkles, and dead silence in the classroom for t- sometimes an uncomfortable two, three minutes. Two, three minutes of silence when you ask a question feels forever it does but this man wouldn't say a wrong word or any word where he did not have the appropriate time to reflect on and i'm like wow that takes a lot right 
And I noticed that a lot of situations require time and reflection. Um, not forced, no, no quick emotional, aggressive, destructive reaction. Or not, neither a forced, oh, I have to do good now, which is, which can, it's just as fake. Or it's, it's, so one is destructive and the other one is fake, right? right. Which is destructive all over again, because fakeness is, is destructive. Mm-hmm. Deceiving, at least. Um, mm-hmm. And so not reacting and, and trying to reflect and, and, and understand and processes. Uh, so I think that is something reflection i think is a very very important part of spiritual growth would you agree yeah definitely i i do think that we we have to really cultivate that ability to to just reflect listen Mm -hmm. and just think we don't have to answer so quickly um but but that's not what we're taught in the society but i think that we're moving toward different different ways of doing things i, I have a quick, quick comment um, um just uh, something that i took some a little bit of notes and um you you at one point were talking about um i guess uh, the birth of social sciences mm-hmm. what you know but sometimes sometimes we see things from from our this perspective that we 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 have we grow up in but the the seed of, <laughs> of social sciences is not necessarily something that's Euro, European Eurocentric. We're we're forgetting about Native American, about indigenous peoples' perspectives, and that's something that we just can't do. I wanted to comment on that because it's something that that I feel strongly about. So even when we're talking from about religious perspectives, and we forget to to speak about Native American perspectives, or we. Sp- forget to speak about the uh, spiritual perspective and practice of indigenous people. We're cutting ourselves short. I just, I agree. I agree. So just, just a side comment on something that I, I kind of took notes on as, as, as we were talking. Great. So we're on top of the hour and yeah. um, what I'd say, let's, Hey, how about we uh, look at time uh as the yeah. next topic of the podcast and, and how right. that might have changed. Also, a little generational yes. uh, understanding. All right. right. Okay. <laughs> Sam, thank you. This was fun. Listeners, I hope you had fun too. And until next time, when we take the time to talk about time. Yes. <laughs> Any last words, Sam? Sounds good. Uh, no, no last words. I, I kind of enjoyed this conversation and I look forward to, to uh, next Same time. Same here. Have a good one, everybody. Bye-bye.